One of the key findings of our report is that in the global crisis that took place in 2014-2015, whether it was the Ebola epidemic, or whether it was the bombardment in Gaza, or whether it's the continuing conflict in Syria, civil society was often the first responder. Civil society activists actually provided balm on the, the, the wounded people in these places. And despite all these efforts of civil society, we find that civil society space, you know, the, the core freedoms for us, the right to speak out, the right to organize, the right to come together and assemble peacefully, those are under threat. And they are under threat not only in authoritarian states, but they are also under threat in democratic states. And, and also, it's not just state apparatuses that are challenging civil society, it's also non-state actors. You know, the very nature of civil society, the job, it's about speaking truth to power. It's about uncovering abuses, it's about challenging the status quo of some very powerful people. So, when you hurt them, they hurt you. All, there are several studies which say that public trust in civil society is much higher than other sections of society. And as Dr. Reed said, you know, every sector has its problems. I mean, there are bad eggs in every sector. But by and large, on the gen or generally speaking, I would say that civil society sector, people are driven by passion towards social justice, towards commitment to human rights and to good governance, than in, and much more than in other sectors of society. Mm -hmm. And we often hear this thing called, you know, you're foreign agents because you get money from abroad. And I would like to ask government officials, then their governments get aid from abroad. Does that make them foreign agents? When, when people of a country sit on the boards of foreign companies, does that make them foreign agents? Do they have an agenda? I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, uh, what's happening re oftentimes is that people are questioning the messenger. So it helps by, you know, it, it scuttles the debate from the key issues by saying that these people have an agenda, these people come uh, are elitist, these people are focusing on, uh, on somebody else's interests, you know, they are not, they're not part of the national uh, program mm -hmm. or so on and so. And so it takes away from the key message. The key message is about fixing governance, eradicating corruption and creating a more just and, uh, and a better society for all. You know, Civicus, the organization I work for, uh, we noticed in 2014 that there were serious threats to the freedoms of expression, association and peaceful assembly in 96 countries around the globe. And the attacks took a variety of forms. In some places, there were laws that prevented people from coming together. In some places, there were laws that didn't allow you to protest peacefully. In other places, law enforcement agencies attacked protesters. In some places, senior political leaders used derogatory terms and stigmatizing terms against activists who were uncovering corruption and, and governance abuses. In other places, people were attacked simply for speaking the truth. You know, this is part of a much more pervasive onslaught that has been going on for some time. And there are some key drivers of this which we've uncovered. And maybe I'll speak about them and, you know, we, we, we try to put them in, in four, in four uh, issues. Mm. So the first is we see that there's been a global democratic deficit, you know. There may be democracy in form in many parts of the world, but in substance actually democracy is, is eroding. And this started happening after 9-11, the attacks on the World Trade Center, when, you know, the United States and several Western democracies lowered their human rights standards. So the collective progress that we made over the years on civil liberties was suddenly 
<laughs> reduced mm. and in fact the first decade of the 21st century was the first time where we actually saw a regression you know from the 60s to the 70s to the 80s to the 90s whether it was the women's movement or whether it was the indigenous people's movement or whether it was the general human rights movement or the environmental struggles we had actually seen progress <laughs> we saw a regression so these these western democracies that you know that 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 had uh, good standards reduced their standards this was picked up by several authoritarian regimes and they said this is hypocritical these are double standards and they said well it and and then they started reducing their own standards so you know it became a global free for all so that was one thing that happened the second was of course you know in 2011 2011 was a great year for civil society i would say you know we had the uprisings in the uh, the so called arab spring in the middle east and north africa we had anti austerity protests the occupy movement uh, in the us and in europe and you know the people in power suddenly became fearful of this power of civil society to actually upend you know this uh, the existing systems 